This is Self Help with Tatiana Lucia, your self help expert, talking about the pillars of well being, providing you with insights and wisdom to navigate the human experience with authenticity and ease. Welcome, sweet loves, to this episode where we will be diving into the arts of slow living. So this episode will be a deep dive into the physical self as practicing slow living really creates the space for our nervous system to heal and to rebalance itself. Now, as a therapist, I work a lot with people who are struggling with anxiety, with burnout, with essentially a lot of the symptoms or after effects of burning the candle at both ends and pushing our bodies beyond its ability, which then results in this reaction of fatigue and exhaustion. And this is very intrinsically connected to the nervous system. And if you're curious to find out more about the nervous system, I highly recommend listening to the previous episode I recorded called Understanding the Nervous System, as it gives you a really, really good understanding of why the nervous system reacts how it does and what you can do to start to bring it back into balance. So in this episode, I'll be looking more at how our daily actions and the way that we live our lives can support this journey of allowing the body to be in a place of balance, of connection, and really feeling like the way that you're living your life is supportive of your goals, your dreams, the things that you want to do in the world. So I'll be speaking a lot about things that I've integrated into my own life. This journey of slow living has been one that I have had to very intentionally create within my own reality. For a very, very long time, I lived a life that is very busy, coming from a place of passion for my work, coming from a place of having a lot of beautiful relationships that I want to nurture. I had often found myself in a situation where I had overcommitted my energy to things, whether that was projects, people, whatever it may have been. And that essentially resulted in me living a very, very fast paced life. And this especially happened when I moved to bigger cities. When I first moved to London, I caught myself in this spiral of constantly being busy, of constantly being overworked, overwhelmed. And as a result of that, my nervous system responded and reacted in the way that it did. After three years in London, I then eventually moved to Indonesia and experienced a very different way of living and a very different reality. And I really firsthand got to experience how much the way that we live our lives on a daily basis can create a container for our bodies to heal and to come back into a place of calibration and balance without actually having to change how much we're working or what we're doing, but rather actually looking at the overall energy of our days and the way that we spend our lives and microdosing these moments of self-connection and self-nourishment and slowing down as a vessel for us to be able to then go out into the world and do what we need to do, but coming from a place of deeper self-awareness and self-nourishment. So today I will be touching on five really simple, easy, practical little steps that you can implement into your life that will allow you to 
infuse your day-to-day way of engaging with the world with the principles of slow living. So really with the principle of nourishing the self, nourishing your body, your heart, your mind, and making sure that what you're putting out into the world is coming from a cup that is full and not a cup that is running on empty. So the first massive thing that supported me in this journey was really taking a step back and reevaluating how I was spending my mornings. So when we wake up first thing in the morning and we start our day, it's very easy to feel this excitement, this energy to just get the day started. And for a really, really long time, I would wake up and immediately go on my phone and start replying to emails and doing all these things because I was just really excited to get a start on the day. And what I actually found with time is that coming into a place of intentionality in the mornings, even if it's just for three minutes, can really, really help to set the tone for your day. So a lot of the time I say to my clients, don't check your phone first thing in the morning. Ideally, we'd be sleeping with our phone in a different room on airplane mode and allow that to be there. And a lot of you will now be thinking, oh, but I need an alarm clock. You can buy an alarm clock. And that is something that I implemented in my life. And I now sleep with my phone in the kitchen or the living room on charge, flight mode on. And when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I will do is get up and go make myself a cup of tea. And I will often get back into bed and just read my book for 10 minutes. And that is all. That is how I intentionally start my mornings. And the energy there is so different compared to the energy when you wake up and you're immediately rushing and frantically trying to get out the house. And I have a lot of clients that will wake up and not give themselves the time to really just be in a place of slowness. A lot of the time we use the excuse that we don't have time to do that. We don't have time to meditate. We don't have time to exercise. We don't have time to read our book. But the thing is, time is something that we create. Time is something that is really up to us to use wisely and intentionally. So if you're someone who, for example, has children, of course, mornings are really challenging time. But a lot of parents that I work with in my therapeutic practice have actually now implemented that they'll get up 15 to 20 minutes before their kids get up, which gives them 15 to 20 minutes of just being with themselves, of making a cup of tea, of sitting in the morning sun, of reading their book, of doing a meditation, of stretching for 10 to 15 minutes. And really figuring out for yourself, this is such an individual process, what it is that nourishes you. So for me right now, that is reading a book. A year ago, it was waking up and doing a meditation. Two years ago, it was maybe getting up and doing 15 minutes of yoga. So it also changes cyclically. We're not linear beings. Our bodies are cyclical. They move to different rhythms of the seasons for women of your hormones throughout the month. So really also developing this deeper self-connection of what is nourishing me right now in this moment and how can I infuse that into my morning in order to start my day off with this energy of groundedness, of slowness and of self-connection. So intentional mornings will change your life. And I have trialed and tested this with myself. I have trialed and tested this with many of my clients. And the general consensus has been that if you take 10 to 15 minutes in the morning to just be slow, you will feel a massive ripple effect of that into your day. And slowness can also look like just lying in your bed with your partner for 10 minutes and cuddling or taking a moment to curl up on your couch with your dog and just having this moment of being without needing to do anything and just really allowing yourself to start the day from this grounded energy.
Which leads me into the second way in which we can practice the art of slow living, which is carving out time in your day to just be present. So again, it's very easy when the day gets busy and we are working on lots of different things and we have a lot going on to slip out of presence and into this mode of doing. So we slip out of being and we move into doing, which is very necessary to be productive. We cannot always just be fully present in being, flowing, because we have things to do and life gets busy. And a lot of the time there is to-do lists that we need to work through in a day and commitments we need to meet and expectations that we need to fulfill, whether that's in our work and our relationships, whatever that might be. But it's really important that as you move through your day, you're carving out time to just be present. So one of my favorite moments in the day to cultivate presence is when I eat. Eating is something that a lot of us have just adapted to become this very habitual thing that we just do because we know we have to. And in that we lose a a lot of the beauty of the connection we have to our meals, to our bodies, to nourishment, to food. And we all have to eat at some point in the day. So often when I sit down to eat or I sit down to maybe have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or whatever it may be, I will really sit down and just for a little moment, I will be fully present in my body and just be there. And again, put away my phone, put away distractions. And just take a couple of deep breaths in and just savor the moment that you're in in that moment and allow yourself to be deeply present here. And even just that, these little micro moments of a minute, two minutes, 10 minutes in the day throughout your day can be so powerful. Coming home from work and as you walk through the door, putting your phone away and maybe just going to go sit on the couch with your partner or your roommate or your dog or whoever, your child, and just taking a moment to take a deep breath land on your couch, arrive in your body, arrive in this space and just be, can be so powerful and so nourishing. And again, it will downregulate your nervous system and allow you to step into this very grounded, soft, gentle energy instead of this frantic, I've just come home from work. I need to make dinner. I need to do the washing. I need to do this. I need to do that. Because the truth is when we come from this frantic energy, everything we then do feels overwhelming and intense and like a burden. Whereas if we can shift into the space of groundedness, we can still complete all of those tasks often much more efficiently and effectively than we did before because we've actually got a clear mind and it's coming from this place of rootedness and of being anchored within yourself. So that's another really beautiful one, having intentional time in your day to just be present. And if you're curious as to how you can live a little bit more intentionally, I did do a podcast on this too called Living with Intentionality. And that's a really beautiful deep dive into the concept and construct of intentional living and how you can infuse more intentionality into your day-to-day life. So have a listen to that if you're feeling curious and this concept of intentional living is calling to you. The third way in which we can practice the art of slow living is having boundaries around your energy and your capacity. Now, this is a big, big, big one for a lot of us. A lot of us will have the tendency to overcommit and as a result of overcommitting, often underdeliver. And underdelivering doesn't mean that you don't get it done, but often it means that you're getting it done in a way that actually isn't truly authentic and is not coming from a place of deep self-connection and deep self-nourishment. So an example of this would be, say I have committed to going for dinners with friends four nights of my week, and then I'm teaching two nights of the week, which is something that's actually quite normal for me or was quite normal in the past. 
what would happen there is I've overcommitted. I've essentially given myself no real nights in the week where I just get to be at home and rest and integrate. And as a result of this, the odds are that the dinner that I go to on the Thursday night after I've gone for dinner on Monday night, taught on Tuesday night, taught on Wednesday night, gone for another dinner, the dinner I end up going to towards the end of the week is probably going to find a pretty exhausted, depleted version of myself. And what this means is that when I show up to that dinner, that person that I'm showing up to or the dinner that I'm showing up to is not going to be getting the most grounded, soft, gentle, nourished version of me. They're going to be getting a, a version of me that is probably quite stressed and quite tired. And in that sense, I am under delivering because I'm not showing up as my fullest, truest self. And I'm showing up as a version of me that is feeling quite drained. The same applies to work. Often we'll take on lots of projects. And this is something that I've experienced so often. I have a lot of people reaching out, asking me to come and teach for them or run an event or run this online course or whatever it may be. And I have to be so boundaried and really sit with myself when I commit to something and ask myself, do I have the capacity for this at this time? If I commit to this thing, will I still be able to carve out time to just be slow and be still and be present? And that is something that I really, really, really have had to teach myself and practice as a daily practice of checking in. And when someone asks me to do something or commit to something, really asking myself and saying, do I have capacity for this? Or will this actually just drain me more and make me feel more tired? And there is nothing wrong with expressing that to someone. I have often had conversations with friends when I know I have a really busy work week coming up and they'll invite me to a dinner on a Saturday night. I'll say to them, right now, I don't know how I'm going to be feeling on Saturday. I have a really busy week coming up with work. I really, really want to see you. I want to spend time with you. But I also don't want to be showing up at that dinner as a shell of a human being, feeling drained and depleted. And actually, all I want to do is be on my couch and watching a movie. And this is where you can set these really loving boundaries around your energy and your capacity. And actually through that and through being really honest with yourself, avoiding these situations where the Saturday evening rolls around, you've now committed to a dinner, you don't want to go, you're feeling tired, but you're feeling guilty because you don't want to cancel, but actually rather saying, okay, are these commitments sustainable for me? And if I do all of these things this week, what are my energy levels going to be looking like? And this may take a couple of weeks for you to kind of move through and try out and see how you feel, especially for us women. We tend to move through very different phases of energy through our menstrual cycles. So some weeks you may have the capacity to do it all when you're ovulating, whereas when you're moving into your bleed, there may be parts of you that are feeling really tired and really exhausted and very introverted. And if you're curious to find out more about the menstrual cycle and connecting to that part of you and understanding the rhythms of the body, I highly recommend my online course, Venus Rising. You can find it on my website. It is really, really comprehensive in terms of allowing you to reconnect to the body and reconnect to the cycles of the body. So really being honest with yourself and having those loving boundaries around your energy, around your capacity, and saying no to things. And one of the most beautiful things that one of my teachers once said in a seminar, she said that a no to you is a yes to me. And that really, really stuck with me because it's a beautiful reminder that when we say no to something, whether that's an opportunity, a person, whatever it may be, 
we are actually saying yes to ourselves. When that comes from a place of self-nourishment and self-care, we are saying yes to ourselves. And we are saying yes to taking care of our own self and of our mental well-being and of our physical body and of our energy and of our hearts too. So really being honest and creating those boundaries around your energy and your capacity. Which leads into the fourth piece, which is really finding a balance between that which needs to be done and that which nourishes you. So in a dream world, as humans, we would just get to do things we love all day long. But unfortunately for most of us, that is not how it works. And there's always going to be little tasks in the day or things that we need to do that are not exactly the most exciting or fun things. So some of you may really hate doing the laundry. Others may really hate doing the grocery shopping. There might be some of you who really hate replying to emails, whatever it is. There's always going to be something that we have to kind of push ourselves to do because we don't love doing it. And what I mean here with finding balance between that which needs to be done and that which nourishes you is making sure that these two pieces of the the things that you really need to do in order to be a functioning human in the world and survive, whether that's work or take care of your children or uh, whatever it may be, really making sure that you are balancing that with things that really bring you joy and nourish you. So again, I can give a really tangible example with myself. What I will often do if I have a really busy week at work, I will make sure that on the weekend I have made no plans, that on the weekend I have created time to do things that really nourish me. Going to a yoga class, maybe going to get a massage or going to the spa, going for a walk in nature, spending time with people that really make me feel not drained and actually fill my cup up. And this is a really beautiful way of creating balance. And I really see balance as something that is cyclical. Sometimes we will go through maybe a week or two where things are really busy and we have a lot going on. I know this from when I run retreats. It's often really, really busy. I have a lot going on. I'm working 16 hour days. But then after my retreat, I will carve out four to five days where I am just replenishing and re-nourishing myself. And those are kind of bigger cycles of balance. And I've learned in myself that sometimes we don't have all the balance every day. And some days are going to be busier than others, but then also holding yourself accountable to finding that balance of nourishment with the requirements that you have in your life and the expectations that the world has of you in order to show up and do the things that you need to do. And the last piece, and this is probably the most simple, but also the most forgotten, is to spend time in nature. As I know for myself, and I think every other human I've ever met, I don't think I've ever met someone who doesn't feel this way, nature and being with the land really allows us to come back into our natural rhythms of softness. And what a lot of us forget that when we're in the kind of nine to five hustle culture of working really hard and meeting all of these cultural and societal pressures and expectations that the world has of us, we often disconnect from the simplicity of life and how beautiful simplicity can be. And and in this case, I often find that the motto less is more really, really applies. And There is so much nourishment that can come from sitting in the morning sun for 10 minutes or going for a 20 minute walk in the park or going for a swim in the ocean, whatever it is, but really allowing yourself to immerse yourself in nature 
as a vessel to remind you of your most true state of being. And often what happens when we step out of the busyness of life and into the space of connecting back to nature and the land, we are much, much, much more able to come back to our truest self and to come back into this place of stillness, softness, and slowness. So these are five practical, tangible tips that you can start doing right now that will allow you to infuse the art of slow living into your day-to-day life and allow your body to come back into a place of groundedness, your nervous system to recalibrate itself, and your mental chatter and thought patterns to soften and come back into a place of being more grounded, more connected, and more still. So those five points were having intentional morning, carving out time in your day to just be present, having boundaries around your energy and capacity, finding balance between that which needs to be done and that which nourishes you, and spending time in nature as a vessel for you to reset and come back into your natural rhythms of softness. Thank you for listening. I am so grateful for this wonderful community. Every week you are able to step into growth and deeper self-connection with another episode of the Self-Help Podcast. If this episode inspired you, subscribe to or follow the podcast. Leave a like or a review and most importantly, share it with someone you love. Let this be a reminder that through sharing your growth and inspiration with the people around you, you are catalyzing change in the world that surrounds you. If you would like to find out more about working with me or would like to share any thoughts or insights you had from this episode, head to my website www.tatiana-lucia.com Have a gentle day, sweet loves. I hope you carve out time to prioritize your self-health.